0: Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, how confident are you in the in-house solutions at Guard? Maybe the win of the year for the Hawks last night, and so far so good with Arcia. It's all next, Hitting Hard, John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at jmch316. So we saw Elijah Wilkinson sign with the Arizona Cardinals yesterday. And look, that was the guy who played starting guard for starting left guard for the Falcons most of last year, a little bit with Hennessy as he was hurt and some different things like that. So now we look as far as in-house goes for what the Falcons are going to do with, because I don't think that the Falcons are going to draft a guard at eight. Now, maybe they could draft a a Skoransky out of Northwestern, He's obviously one of the more highly touted offensive linemen. People say that he could play tackle or guard. Maybe they could go that route. I don't know that a Broderick Jones or a Paris Johnson could slide inside. Those guys are are true to the traditional tackles, but we will see. But short of them picking somebody to play on the interior offensive line, and look, while I don't mind another offensive lineman pick, at a high draft position at number eight, if you're going to play a guy like that, he should be a tackle, right? He should have really good value. And I don't think that they have plans to kick Caleb McGarry inside with all of this. So now you're looking in-house and your options are Justin Schaefer, who didn't show anything last year, who sixth round, seventh round pick or whatever. And I don't know, really know what he is. I mean, I, I know he's a Georgia Bulldog, so but you know, for some Atlanta fans, that automatically makes him a viable option, you know, with everything. I I don't know what to think about him. You've got Jalen Mayfield, you've got Matt Hennessy, and then the other guy that, you know, I talked to De Orlando Ledbetter about this is, is Kyle Hinton, who was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings in the seventh round in the 2020 draft, and then had his first game experience. Just last year. I I don't, you know, again, I don't know what to think of Kyle Hinton. I I mean, you know, he's a huge guy, six foot three, 310 pounds, but I don't know what to make of Kyle Hinton. No, in fact, let me let me put this way: nobody knows what Kyle Hinton is. The other two guys I can speak on. Okay. Let's talk about Matt Hennessy for a second here. So I like some of the things that Matt Hennessy does, but if you are telling me that I'm going to go into 17 games of Matt Hennessy and Drew Dahlman standing side by side, two undersized offensive linemen, I am going to get nervous about that because that reminds me of the next guy we'll talk about here, the guy that was a rookie a couple of years ago and had arguably the worst season, you know. And anyway. I I don't like the idea of Hennessy and Dolman standing side-by-side. Again, I can get away with one mediocre to not-so-good offensive lineman, but I have to have pieces around him. I can't stand two guys side-by-side that are not very good. Again, we went to the Super Bowl with Chris Chester at left guard, but I had an in-his-prime Jake Matthews and Alex Mack, who was one of the premier centers in the NFL – Standing beside him. I could live with Chris Chester and we were able to get to the Super Bowl. I was really good on my other offensive line positions. So Hennessy's a guy that I don't want to see him standing next to Drew Dolman. If you told me Dolman or Hennessy will compete for the starting center job, just one of those guys, then I'm fine with it. But to stand those two guys side by side, because your other option is Jalen Mayfield. Now, Here's what I will say about Jalen Mayfield, because let's not sugarcoat this, okay? He was literally the worst offensive lineman in the NFL. When when you talk about grades, number of sacks given up, top 10 in penalties, nobody in their, nobody, no offensive lineman on the inside and probably even on the outside. I didn't look at all the tackle spots, but nobody was worse than Jalen Mayfield. Now, could he be better? Sure. I mean, there, if if you're the worst offensive lineman in the NFL, there's literally only one direction to go that's up. Even if you're only the second worst offensive lineman in the NFL, that's still a step up from being the worst offensive lineman in the NFL. But again, I will say, uh, Drew Dahlman, Jalen Mayfield standing side by side, None of I'll be honest with Justin Schaefer, if, if we're going to play Dolman at center, and I'm not 100% convinced that he's a capable offensive lineman. I know he had a, a better second half of the year than he did a first half of the year, but I do have concerns about, again, I, I had visions of James Stone and Mike Person snapping the ball on the turf and our quarterback bending down on the ground to Get his you know shortstop glove out and field grounders off that like that was Matt Ryan a few years ago. Mike Person and James Stone like literally Matt had a shortstop glove like he was Ozzie Smith fielding grounders off the turf. I had visions of that as I watched Drew Dahlman play, but he did play better a little bit down the stretch and he did have a, a better run of things toward the end of the season than he did certainly at the beginning of the season. But again, I'm not confident in anything that we have in-house from basically center or left guard. And I don't think that the Falcons are really in the free agent market right now, unless they sign a guy just kind of some vagabond at left guard. I don't think they're drafting a left guard at eight or drafting a center at eight. And and your options are probably, in all honesty, to watch after June 1st and see who gets cut, Right. Because, again, that's how you manipulate the cap is post-June 1st designation on cuts and things like that. Maybe there'll be a good offensive line. Listen, remember, we got Andy Lavitre who was part of that Super Bowl line. We got Andy Levitre literally a week before the start of the regular season. That was a trade with the, uh, what were they then, the Titans or the Oilers or whatever. Um, but that was a trade for Andy Levitre. And, and we got a, a capable starting offensive guard right before the start of the regular season. Maybe the Falcons have something like that up their sleeve. Maybe they're looking at post-June 1st designation cuts and different things like that. Maybe they're looking to see if they veteran that gets into training camp and is a cap casualty or whatever ends up getting cut. But as of right now, I don't really have a lot of confidence in Justin Schaefer, Jalen Mayfield, Matt Hennessy, especially when I'm going to partner them up with Drew Dahlman and stand those two guys side by side. And what I say, what I say a couple of years ago, you can't have two guys stand side by side that are not very good offensive linemen. You can't. If you have two of those guys together, you will get exposed. You can have one guy, you can have one not so good offensive lineman and put good pieces around them and mask and hide what goes on but when you have two guys stand side by side you're in real trouble and for this team which is such a strength on their offensive line and literally the best unit that they have i don't want to do anything that takes away from all of that i want to build off of our strength improve off of our strength and i have concerns about the direction of where this thing is heading and the personnel that we have to make it happen with. All right, let's talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Listen, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It is. We're headed toward NBA playoff season, playing rounds and the regular, you know, and or, uh, NBA brackets and all that good kind of stuff. Listen, new customers to FanDuel can download and get their no sweat first bet, where you can get as much as a thousand dollars in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from money lines to prop bets to point scores to everything in between. And you can combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So if you're a new customer, head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and claim your no sweat first bet where if your first bet doesn't win, you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets. Fanduel.com slash LockedOn, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. So last night maybe was the win of the year for the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, I know that's a relative term when you're talking about being a team that's, you know, a game above 500. And thank goodness, I think we've won two in a row now. I mean, okay, but when you look at the totality of all this kind of stuff, right, you look at the fact that if the Hawks would have lost last night, they would have slipped down to the 10 seed because you're playing the Bulls, okay? and the Bulls are are in the 10 spot right now. So, as we look, the Hawks were eight, the Raptors were nine, the Bulls were 10. Raptors and Hawks have the same record, identical record. So, if you'd have lost last night, number one is you'd have lost this season series to the Bulls. As it was, you split 2 2. So, that's good from a tiebreaker perspective. Okay. So, you'd have lost this uh, season series against them, you'd have slipped down to number 10. And the fact is that You were on the road. You were without DeAndre Hunter. You were without Trey Young. And all of these things, you know, we talk about these moments and talk about taking advantage of the schedule and not taking advantage of the schedule. All of these things were working against the Atlanta Hawks last night. And what did you see? Was a really good win. 123-105. They kicked the crap out of the Bulls. You saw lots of good ball movement. Bogey was making threes. Last night, he led the way with 26 points. DeJounte had 17 points. He was 7-13 from the field. He had 17 points, 9 assists last night. Capella had his typical 13 points, 14 boards last night. Sadiq Bey gave you 19 points in the starting lineup as well. Okongu, another 11 points and 6 boards off the bench. Jalen Johnson with a huge night off the bench. 16 points, 4 boards, 3 steals, and a couple of assists. So you had good ball movement and everything with it. But when I tell you that last night was probably the, the best win of the year, when you factored all of those things about the standings and stuff, because nothing, I mean, look, if the Hawks would have fell down to 10th and, and the Hawks would not have fell out of the playoff, the playing round, whatever, like they have a, a wide enough gap that, you know, from, from who's the 11th seed i don't even know who maybe indiana i believe might be the 11th seed and all this stuff but th- there was certainly a big enough gap yeah indiana was a was 11th certainly was a big enough gap that the hawks were not going to fall out of the play in round at all but starting at the 10th seed that means you're on the road you know in the 9-10 matchup then you have to win that game and then i believe that you're still on the road when <laughs> When when you go against whoever win, whoever the loser is of the 7-8 matchup. So nothing would have been you know beneficial for the Atlanta Hawks to be finding themselves multiple games on the road in a playing around. But as it was, you went on the road with two of your starters out. Your best player was out last night, and everything on the line, because now we're down to the last three games. Now we're down to just three games left to be played. And now that, okay, we've got the season series over Toronto, we split with the Chicago Bulls, you feel like you're in a pretty good place to stay in that eighth spot. Now, look, again, you know, even nine would be, I, I don't, I don't want to say a disaster, but nine would not be a very good spot to be sitting in. Just stay at the eighth spot. And last night went a long way to making that happen and and you had to overcome a lot of different things and you know look it was a it was a it was a good win over Dallas the other night you had to fight scratch and claw to hang on you, you blew a 15 point lead and all that but you found a way to win that game and you it went on the road and say what you will about the Chicago Bulls again you know they're another one of these teams that's Right around 500, right? They're 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 really in the same boat as you know Toronto and the Hawks and all these kind of vagabonds that sit toward the bottom of the standings. Now here's the interesting part, okay? Now you got to follow it up with a game tonight against the Wizards. Now you got Washington. Now Washington, I think, is pretty much out of the playoff hunt at this point. But the Hawks are what two and nine, two and ten in back to back games, you know, games on the back end of a of a double dip and games with no rest and that takes you down into the bottom feeders. Again, their record in back in the second part of a back to back is down with Charlotte and Orlando and Detroit like at Houston, like you're at the bottom of the barrel. Can the Hawks find a way to win tonight? Look, say what you will. Hawks find a way to win? That would be three in a row. You'd have won a back-to-back. I don't know how often that's happened. I don't know how many times you've you've won a back-to-back. Well, obviously, two times is all you've won. So maybe a little bit of momentum for the Hawks. I don't know if uh, Trey Young is going to be back or not. He had a non-COVID illness. But certainly, if you can figure out a way to win tonight, you got a nice little three-game winning streak going. You'll have one back-to-back games, you know, on a back-to-back part of the schedule. And those are all rare things. A win on the road with two of your starters out. A back-to-back if you can win tonight. Like, those are rare things that have happened for the Atlanta Hawks. That hasn't, There hasn't been very many of those kinds of things. And even a three-game winning streak where you can get yourself a couple of games above 500. Those have been very few and far between that we've been able to see. So maybe it's a good time for the Atlanta Hawks, but certainly last night might've been this season's win of the year. When you look back at all of the dominoes that could have fallen if the Hawks didn't figure out a way to win it. All right. Let's uh, talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Listen, um, head to builtmarchmadness.com today and check out you know uh, a bracket that you can vote for your favorite bar or puff builtmarchmadness.com vote for your favorite bar or puff and when you go over there and you vote you're going to get a chance to be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built bars so one uh lucky locked on fan is also going to win a 12-month subscription where you can have built bars delivered right to your door so head to built march madness today it's the best protein bar ever vote for your favorite flavor whether it's traditional protein bars the protein infused marshmallow puffs whatever your favorite is head to builtmarchmadness.com today vote for your favorite bar or puff and be entered in to win either a free box of built bars which 50 lucky lucky locked on listeners will get or that 12-month subscription where you can have it uh, brought to right to your door, Built.com is the place to go. Check out builtmarchmadness.com. Well, so far, so good for Orlando Arcia. We knew that he was going to be pretty good on, in the defensive spot, and he's made a couple of nice defensive plays, but certainly his bat has surprised a little bit you know in the 5 games that the Braves have played and and the Braves are 4 and 1 right now in the 5 games that the Braves have played the only game that he has not had a hit in is that 4-1 loss to the Washington Nationals that closed out Sunday but other than that last night 1 for 4 he hit a homer last night he has scored in 4 of the 5 games he had his first homer last night and for the season He's hitting 316 with a 350 on base, a 876 OPS. Now look, obviously it's immensely early, right? But it is good to see signs and look, Garcia's is kind of one of those scrappy players. I mean, I hate to use that term, but he's kind of one of those guys that can do a lot of different things. And obviously we were all surprised about the idea of him being the starting shortstop. Because we thought, and by the way, Von Grissom, you want to talk about a good start. Von Grissom is having a great start at Gwinnett, and and you're seeing Von Grissom, you know, acclimate and look. I I think Von Grissom's a really good player. He and and they didn't think he was ready for an everyday role. Braden Shoemaks, another guy. I mean, he's playing second base right now, but so far so good with Arcia. It may only be five games, but at least you feel like. For this very few game sample size, there's not a panic button that has to be hit, right? It'd be one thing if Arcia was, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, like I saw Kyle Schwarber last night; he homered, but I think he was like one for 27 before that home run last night. You know, it what It's not a situation like that. Arcia has been pretty good with the glove. He's made a couple of nice plays out in the field defensively. He's had a couple of, you know. Nice little picks out there in the field. We know he's got a good arm. You know, he, he probably doesn't have as much range. And look, you're not going to replace Dansby Swanson. You know, this is not to compare what Arcia is doing to a Dansby Swanson. You're not going to replace both the glove and the production. But you didn't want to feel like with Arcia that you were completely falling off a cliff. Because if Von Grissom isn't ready... Or Shoemaker isn't ready to assume that role, then you couldn't afford to have Arcia at such an important position just fall off a cliff in a position that, whether you like Dansby or not, for the last couple few years, you have both gotten the glove and you've gotten some good production. He, you know, he's obviously provided you some power. You know, he, he had run driving ability. So again, not not comparing Arcia to Dansby but the concept of not falling off a cliff at shortstop was certainly an important thing. And Garcia's held his own this year. You know, again, you can't argue with hitting 316, even albeit in a really small sample size, but again, 19 at bats, six hits, a homer, he's drawn a walk, okay, all good. And let's hope that this, look, even if his bat, Obviously, is going to most likely he's not going to hit 316. But even if that just stays 240, 250, right? You can live with that. He's hitting at the bottom of the order, but you can't have his defense fall off a cliff and his bat completely fall off a cliff. You have to get something out of all of your spots in your lineup. And look, the Braves right now are hitting 297 with runners in scoring position. You know, we talked about a lot last year about when they were losing and they were not and they were struggling, how their uh runners with scoring position batting average was dreadfully low. Well, they're hitting 297 with runners in scoring position this year, so that's a good number, and they're they're obviously pitching pretty well and they're scoring some runs. Braves are all all good right now, all right. And Bryce Elder is gonna go for the sweep of the Cardinals here this afternoon. So it's getaway day in Major League Baseball. So Rice Elder is going to get the ball, and hopefully he you know, pitches a gem. He certainly had some great starts down the stretch. But I am encouraged by what Arcea is doing because I wanted to see, you know, the last time Orlando Arcea played a regular major league schedule starting was 2019. Now, you may say, well, that's only a few years ago. Yeah, but that's a lifetime ago in the sports world, right? If the last time you were starting on a regular basis was 2019, that's a lifetime ago. And and that's a lot to put onto a player that where it's been several years or a few years of just coming off the bench, you provide a little punch, you play a little bit here, you play a little bit there. It's a whole different mindset when you know that you're going to be trotting out there for nine innings at a time, starting every single day and he's acclimated well. He's been good defensively. He's been good offensively. Had the home run last night. So, so far so good because nothing has necessarily gotten to Arcia. We haven't seen any kind of drastic fall-offs. Again, falling off a cliff. We haven't seen anything like that out of Arcia. Can he just be a 240-250 hitter, a little bit of punch, and play really good defense? That's all I'm asking of Orlando Arcia. That That's if I just get that out of Orlando Arcia, everything else he does above and beyond all of that is just gravy. I mean, it's just it, honestly at that point, it's just gravy. And then we'll see, you know, if Von Grissom stays in the minors the whole year. I'm not as convinced that he will stay down at the minor league level for a full season, or or even be just like a just literally a September call-up. I think Shoemaker is a guy who's gonna be a September call up. But I will be interested to see if Vaughn Grissom keeps his bat hot and he acclimates to playing shortstop every day down at Gwinnett. Can he be a guy that comes up and maybe he and Arcia split some time where you don't feel like, A, you have to throw Vaughn Grissom head first in the fire or the fact of Orlando Arcia can't manage the, the day-to-day of shortstop. You feel like you have a pretty good a pretty good couple of options right now with the start that Grissom has made, with the start RC has made. You feel like your shortstop position, at least for now, is in decent shape. You you feel like you haven't fallen off a cliff or that you haven't had anything to replace Dansby Swanson at that position. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today, excuse me, your second listen Biggest Stories of the Day, Instant Reactions, Big Game Recaps, and The Take of the Day available, Odyssey, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get all of your podcasts from. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We thank you so much. We are up and over 6,000 subscribers now. So be a part of our ever-growing community. Always hit that subscribe button when you go to our page. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.